Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day, mate. Merry Christmas. Happy ho, holidays. Ho, ho, ho. Um, we did the, you know, the Christmas thing. Um, hats, yours doesn't quite fit on your head. I probably mine's biggest, tight as. Are the these kids' hats? I don't know. Well, probably. I mean, Christmas is about the children, mate. What is this animal, by the way? I've been looking at it for a while. That was knitted by my mother. Do you want to take that back? No, I don't know what the animal is. That's all. I'm sure it's, you know, Jan's a saint. So. It's a Christmas, uh, it's our Christmas little, it's our Christmas animal. Okay. Talking about Christmas. Mm. You blew my mind this week. Regularly, but yes. I, I, I was like, mate, we're going we're gonna to release something for Christmas because, but, you know, people, people don't just stop listening to podcasts because it's Christmas time. In fact, probably listen more. They're off, they're off work. Driving around. Yep. What can we do? What can we do this Christmas related? Like, oh man, like. Santa's probably taken, can't do him. <laughs> um, uh, I've, I'm struggling for other things to do with Christmas, really. Like, I, I was about Santa and that was about it. Yep. And then you blew my mind. Mm. What like, did you I say don't want to take me? full credit for this because no. you did, you'd thrown around some names like, who should we chat to over the break? Yeah. You, you said, oh, what a Masto might be around. I could. Great, mate. Like, I want to say that Chris Maston, one of my best mates, mm. um, known him for 15 years, will know him for a lot longer. Mm. And used to 15 more, eh? Is that what you wrote your birthday card? I just, <laughs> I just wanted to talk to him. Yeah. Right? Whether, whether or not it be at Christmas time or not. Yeah. Then I but said, we wanted a Christmas special. Yeah. So I said, why don't we go Christmas special? Please say it again. Christmas and Christmas And you, for about 45 minutes while I'm on the phone, just kept going, oh my, oh, just wouldn't make sense. Chris Maston's name is Christmas. (laughs) I'm sorry. If you hadn't quite figured out what Dan was saying. Yeah. Chris Maston's name is Christmas. Yeah. If that doesn't blow anyone else's mind, (laughs) I'll just fuck right off. Because seriously, Chris Maston. Christmas. Chris Maston special coming up for you. Um, little shout out and a little Merry Christmas to our Patreons. Yeah. It's been growing and uh, like, I don't know. I just want to say I love you. Yeah. Love your patrons. 
helps us make a lot of a lot of good stuff. <laughs> it does, and um, we appreciate it. Um, we've loved all the interactions this year. This isn't going to be the last podcast. We're not going to have a break over Christmas, but this is the Christmas special. Mm. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Instagram's backchat podcast, backchat underscore podcast. Twitter, just hit me up on Twitter. I keep saying the Backchat one, but no one looks at it. Just hit yeah. me up. Look, save time. Just go to the website, batchatpodcast.com.au. That's it. It's all there. I reckon we just get straight into it. Christmas special with Chris Maston. Like, jeez, it's bloody good. We've got the hats. We've got goat. I don't know. Something here. Let's talk to Chris. The Christmas goat. All right. Masto's in the house. G'day, Masto. How are you? Did you like that intro? Yeah, it's an amazing <laughs> intro. Uh, well, well, Chris Maston, uh, premiership player in the end, over 200 games for West Coast. Uh, if you're a fan of West Coast or the AFL, you probably know his story a little bit. But And you're one of my very good mates. Could be best, mate. Didn't make it into your wedding party. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword there, though. It was, you started it, and then I had to follow through. So we would call each other probably best mates and neither of us were in each other's wedding parties. So you got married first, didn't put him in yours. Yep. And he retaliated. Yeah. Desperately wanted you in it, but thought, nah. Yeah. Pretty much. I was scraping for a fifth as well. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. A couple of best mates going at it and Dan. Yep. You can be the third mate. Good? Sure. Whatever you want. All right. Good. Um, Mate, we ask all the athletes that have been on here before you and that will continue to be on after you. A very important question to start the podcast. We all know about your football prowess. Like we, we know you're a good football player. Great. Who cares? Big <laughs> like We've actually, all played footy. Yeah. And, da- and look, Dan's done some great things on the sporting field as well, which we can touch on if needed. But what was your greatest sporting achievement not on the football field? There's not too many, to be honest. Really? Oh, there's... You're a talented man. Uh, I got... um. I got two red cards in a cricket match, but one and only cricket match I ever played. I didn't even know they gave out cards in cricket. I got sent off, so I got sent off twice, though, I'm pretty sure. Like, sent off and then sent off again as I was walking off. Why? I I was sledging pretty hard, so that was... (laughs) I just loved it. I I wasn't in the team for batting, I wasn't in the team for bowling, because I'm not really good at either of those things, but I could... Sledge. I can sledge. So you used, to, you used to feel close to the batsman? Yeah, like right in around. I got a little bit too excited when we got this one guy out. Just, I'll never forget CBC at Fremantle as well. We didn't like them for some reason. <laughs> Had a good red hot crack and, and sent him off a little bit too hard. So then I got sent off with him and then I may have given the umpire. <laughs> Is that a similar to your um, inboard netball, indoor netball story? No, mine Red was carded. more of a discussion after the game was finished. With Gwen or D- A discussion? Dora. No, it was, um, I've forgotten her name, uh, Margaret or something. It was, she was a very old lady and um, I just asked <laughs> for her name, which I've forgotten, which shows, you know, I'm, but I retired from that team after two games. Um, she thought I was being nasty, but that's a netball, that's a netball umpire. That's how it goes. Athletics. You were from an athletics background before you got drafted. You were a runner. Yeah, actual probably if you want to go actual sporting achievement, it would be in athletic while running. Yeah, which was what uh, I have. I ha- well, I definitely did used to have. I don't know if it's been been yet, but I have an Australian record for the eight hundred meters under fourteens. I can say. Oh no, so that's better than yours. Oh, that's better than mine. Uh, What's with eight hundred meters and footy players? I don't know, ask him. He's, he's obviously better than me. Australian record eight hundred meters. Wow, we uh, underage, but yes. Um, I, I think it's like. It's footy, hey? Like, you needed a little bit of pace, but you needed a lot of endurance. What, kind do you remember of the your time? Same for footy. 
Hey, you remember your time? Your eight hundred time? Uh, I think it was two o. So slow. Two o one something, but I was fourteen. You know, you know, we we, ch- we chatted to Peter Bowl and we talked about the two minute mark. Well, see, Masto didn't quite get under. Oh, I did yeah. after that. Yeah, no. To that, We've, yeah, okay, okay. All right, well, if anyone's listening and can Peter ver- Bowl, though, yeah, hey, yeah, big fan we, of Peter Bowl, yeah, I, don't worry, it was a great interview. Um, I'm sure you've listened to it already because we had that last week, Peter yep. Bowl. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, we did. Uh, all right, so you're half a high draft pick to West Coast. You were, um, I actually remember playing against you as an underage Western Australian footballer, and you before we played you. There was a bunch of midfielders playing in the under 16s competition that said that there was some misbehaving midfielders in the Western Australian team um, carrying on a little bit too much. Probably similar to your cricket story, actually. Yeah. You're a high achieving young player coming towards that draft. Was there, did you have an expectation you would be high? And if you did, did you think you were going to stay in WA? Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought I was going to get drafted reasonably high. I didn't think I'd stay in WA. Um, I was kind of planning that I wasn't, so... Freo had a pick after West Coast, so you were pick three. Freo had pick seven. Yep. So you were, you were a chance. Yeah, I just didn't... It, it didn't It didn't feel like that um, at the time. It didn't feel like we were going to stay at home. And when they, when the AFL actually asked me to come to the draft, which they did when she was in Melbourne at the time, I don't know what the hell they do now, but um, I refused. So I said, I'm not going. And they were like, what do you mean? said, no, I'm staying at home. I'm staying with my mates and I'm going to have a party. I'm going to end up in Metro's, which I did. <laughs> um, they basically forced me to go. And I, and I, I had, pretty much as soon as I got drafted, I had to take a couple of photos and jump in the car and go to the airport so they could get me home in time. That was the only reason I said I'd go. To get home to the boys. To get home to the boys and say goodbye. But then I didn't have to say goodbye. What's, what's this carry on at, on the footy field? So you've, you've obviously gotten thrown off the field of cricket. And I've seen. Oh yeah, but that was that was it was a lot harder that one. Um, kind of. I've seen you play. Um, well, I haven't seen you play, but I've seen photos that you've played um, like casual basketball as well. Yeah, I imagine you probably that was good fun. You get a bit chipper on the um, on the field. Uh, on the pitch. No, yeah, no, not real. I'm really bad at these other sports, so I kind of had to make up with something. And this was in high school. I was just like, I, I grow. I've grown up a lot since oh, high school. I saw photos of you <laughs> playing at like <laughs> on a Monday night. Or something. I, I actually reckon you two would be quite similar basketball standard. Poor. Yeah, I'm I know poor. you're poor, really and I can well, just see. Yeah, you no, like I'd like to think I can run around, but I make up for it in you know, calling someone. Yeah, names and yeah, yeah, chat. yeah, yeah. I've got you. Yeah, I'm with you. All yeah. right, so um, you get drafted at number three, which this has been a big talking point throughout your whole career. You're in the Chris Judd trade. Your your pick was acquired due to Chris Judd being traded away from the football club. Um, at the time, was that a big deal? And then throughout your career, that constantly being referred to, what are your thoughts on that? At the at the time, no, um, because like coming from where I would co- I'd come from and the way I grew up and the way I, my football was going, I, I really didn't care. Like I was pretty confident. I was arrogant. Um, yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, I didn't care at all. Like it didn't bother me at all. But then it gets referred to and referred to and I had a lot of injuries early days first few years and then then those comments start to take a little bit of a, a toll and then they did they did and then you know growing up had to, had to happen became a man probably or you know on the way to becoming a man and then uh it didn't matter again 
So, yeah, it was a bit of a cycle. Well, what do you mean they took a toll? So, uh, as your form would come in and out or injuries or... It was probably know. the start of social media, though, as well. So, you had that... You had the outside pressure from papers and stuff, which was it kind of was back then, but then social media and people were able to tell you how shit you were. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, those expectations that you had for yourself when you first got drafted weren't being met internally and then you're getting told about it as well and then you got the Chris Judd thing, probably... Now that I think about it, probably did definitely had an impact. What was that like early social media days then? Because now, like, it's so flooded with people's opinions, you can sort of just like, I don't know. Yeah. Gets lost in it a bit. But early days. Yeah, it was brutal, man. Um, I Actually, the, probably the wor- one of the worst things was uh, at Subiac Oval, when our bench was, you were, like, you were pretty much in the crowd. Yeah. And it was all the West Coast members. I remember some of the sprays that I got from West Coast members when I was like 19. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like from old women, like just being like, oh, what? Like, how can you say that? But it's pretty fun now. Like, I mean, social media is ridiculous because it's not even real anymore. But, uh, yeah, two different sort of things. Well, yeah, it is. I had that question a bit further on. But, like, your your relationship with fans, so you speak about that at early days, getting abused from the crowd as a 19-year-old, which, look, I mean, in hindsight, it seems a little unfair. Um, going on and winning a premiership at the end of your career, do you – Look back on it with uh, a bit of a sucked in kind of, or is it just water off a duck's back eventually along the journey? Yeah, Was that a motivator for you? Like, no, nah, it wasn't a motivator. It's it's nice now. Like, don't get me wrong, it's nice now to have chats and have that in your back pocket because it could be very easy uh, for people to have a crack at. Not that I really give a shit, but. You know, at least I've got that in the back pocket. Like whatever. Like I don't really don't care. Yes. I got to, oh, I got to win a flag, and you did. You yes, right. Most of you didn't. Still remember <laughs> Jan and Barbara behind the. Yeah, behind I remember the Jan giving it to me. <laughs> um, the it's interesting you talk about motivations and uh, I guess like driving factors. You are probably up there with top three hardest working players I've ever played with, and. Were you ever defeated in a two k two k time trial? Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. By who? And Josh Smith beat me in the last one we ever did. <laughs> so the only one you ever lost? Nah, Timmy Hulls beat me one in, but that was like, I think that was, you know, first or second year. So yeah, expectations of you as a high draft pick, Chris draft, Chris Judd trade. Um, you know, they expect you. to, I don't know if they expect you to be Chris Judd fans, but then. Um, you being able to equate that to work rate and, you know, you, your running ability was high level, like proper high level for your whole career. Yep. Um, where does that sit with it all? Like how 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 do you differentiate um, fans giving you shit on social media, telling you how bad you are um, when you not don't play well or you're injured or whatever to being able to go and, yeah, I've travelled you, with you a lot in, in, in um, off-season, being able to get to work. And work hard and back yeah. to back to back to back to back 2K time trial specialist. Yeah, I think I suppose you always have that in the back of your head that um, if you've come off a bad year, I was – well, it, for me anyway, the way I am, I, if I like to have a beer off the field, no matter if that would be during the year or not, pre-season or not, off-season or not. Half-time so I'm going to fucking earn my beer though. Mm. When I was playing, I, not so much now, couldn't really care. Yeah, but when you were playing, you, I felt like I, you needed to earn it. Um, and I was good at running, but I, I would 
work really hard at it as well. What was that balance between having a beer and training hard? Because you did both as well as I've seen probably across <laughs> the journey. Well, that, there, there's a balance though, right? There's a definite balance. But you've um, seen you've seen all everyone across the spectrum. You've seen everyone at uh, train hard and train hard. That's it. Yep. Footy's your life. And you've seen guys that get spat out in about five seconds because yep. they can't work hard and they want to have too many beers. I think you had a pretty good balance. Do you, can you reflect on that? Well, yeah, like like you kind of said, you get you see those dudes that do everything right, dot every I across their T's, don't go to bed at seven thirty at night and blah blah blah, do all those things, which is great, good on them. That wasn't me. Um, I'm not built that way, and that's what footy is. You got forty five people on a list. Some people are going to be like that. Some are going to be like me, and you can't do that. So I needed to wear my ass off, so I felt like I could have a beer. What what was like yeah. you? Tell tell me what what sort of player were you? I'm trying my best to like sort of you mean off the field. Oh, everything, well, mate. What what sort of teammate were you? I'm a go hard. I love hard. I enjoy hard. I I don't know. I'm I enjoy fun. You're hard. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not that hard, but work hard. Work hard off on and off the field, you know. But it's just I had I had fun, and it was it was it was good, honest fun a lot of the time. Um, but. Yeah, I think that kind of sums you up. I'm pretty easy going. Does that ever come up in coaching or front office stuff? Like, does anyone is it is it basically like let you you know you, as long as you're performing, nah. um, results coming out? I think it's fair to say though before you answer that, Mass, it's not like Mass do whatever he oh, wants yeah, off the yeah, field, of course. But yeah, there would be players that that uh, the obviously coaching staff would be aware of, and you know they just know that they don't have to worry about them. Others are like maybe we should keep an eye. Like I don't know. Is yeah, hundred percent. There's moments though, like parts in your career where there's different sort of opinions. Like early days, no, you you've been idiot. Like earn your stripes, which I definitely probably was. Like I got arrested fucking within six months of being at the footy club, which is not a good start. Um, and that's what I was saying. I had to have some growing up. So early days, no. And that's right. You do need to get runs on the board. That middle period and to definitely towards the end. Um, it was you were looked at a little bit different because you would come and hurt yourself, and it wasn't like we're you know going out till six a.m. every night. It was like your Saturday afternoon. We'd definitely have a few beers, and I'd carry on and I'd make sure everyone knew I was having a couple of beers. <laughs> I wasn't trying; I was trying to bring everyone with me. Um, but yeah, do you know what I mean? So you definitely yeah. change the opinion as you as you got get older. Uh, like they're getting arrested early days of the club. You can go into detail as much as you like or as little as you like, but. What was that like uh, from a learning experience and growing? Like, did you, did you feel like that uh, kicked your ass a little bit? Yeah, hard, man. It was brutal. Um, I don't remember much from, like, playing early days or anything, but I remember, never forget um, being on the phone to Nizzy and just copping up, sitting outside my mum's house, like, 18-year-old kid just getting an absolute earful, which was well-deserved, by the way. I got a, I'd actually get arrested. I got a move-on notice, so it wasn't that bad. I think it was in the paper and made it sound a little bit worse. Than yeah. It actually was, but still, probably bad timing. <laughs> it's not the <laughs> ideal timing. 2007, uh, Chris got drafted, so it was right in the period where the club was going through a few things uh, on and off the field. Um, all right, so get, getting on to, I guess, your career and, and moving through it uh, a little bit, you played over 200 games and you're a life member of the club. You've won a wooden spoon. You've won a premiership. Um You've done a fair bit along the journey. Um, never been in a leadership group. No. Nah. What do you? I was what? an emerging leader for like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you? This is along the same thoughts as sort of how we've been speaking. And I and I and I, I, 
you, you can have a laugh with the best of them, but I am asking some serious questions. Leadership groups. Why weren't you in one? And what are your thoughts on leadership groups? Um, I think there's probably a number of factors the reason yourself and I probably weren't in one. Yeah, it's important uh, to note I was, n- I was not, <laughs> not a leadership group um, member either. I think it probably weren't, wasn't big enough of a star, probably to start off with, which is complete opposite of what a leadership group probably is. Um, but then also some... Probably that early day shit for me personally, when it took its toll, like I did carry on um, a little bit with getting arrested and I liked to have a beer and it took a while for that tune to sort of change or that opinion of, of that Perception. I had. Perception. That's a good word. Yeah. Um, to change, I think within the playing group, it was always pretty, like really solid. Just how the, the people outside of the playing group and the decision makers saw it probably, you know. Yeah, took you a while to get into it. Yeah, I, I imagine there that you know, amongst the players, there would be players within that that even though they're not in the leadership group, they'd be seen as yeah, leadership. flat out, man. Everyone's got them. Like the leadership group could only be so big. And I think direct, definitely towards the end of our well, my career and your career, I think kind of there was leaders everywhere, like absolutely everywhere. The leadership group was only five or six people at that stage, maybe a little bit more, but. Um, yeah, there was leaders out in the field more than just that leadership group, flat out. When you talk about, yeah, leadership, it's exactly right with Mass. I wasn't in a leadership group either. And it's kind of funny looking back on it because there, there, there's different forms of leadership. And I'll talk to you about what makes a good team and team culture. And Because you can't have uh, 22 uh, going out there that are all rocks, like all, not rock stars, stars of the game. You need a balance. And in the best teams, that's what it was. There was a balance between guys. Um, but yeah, Mass and I are probably cut from the same cloth a little bit with that leadership aspect. I think there's different types of leadership as well. You always led footy trips quite well. You're a contributor in fines for uh, probably the last decade of your career, which was good. What about changing your number, shifting it up a little bit? Yeah, you were given number thirteen by the yeah. footy club. Is that right? Yep. And you made a change. Talk me through that process. And yeah, thirteen is like pretty much my favourite number as well. And then uh, wow. Fletcher, Chad Fletcher, was a, he was an older player. He was probably the last couple of years. Um, well, it was de- definitely his last two years uh, of his career. And he just kind of sort of took me under his wing. I was the same size as him. He was a bit of a larrikin. I was a bit of a larrikin. We liked each other. And, um, you know, it's pretty rare for an old player. He's over, he was in his 30s for, for an 18, 31-year-old, 32-year-old and an 18-year-old to sort of click because it's – Fucking hard, like your world's apart. Um, but we did, and so when he left, he asked if I wanted to wear number seven, and I had to. I, I'm glad I did. I actually wrote that question, not remembering the answer. I, I thought <laughs> it, I, I thought I thought he upgraded from thirteen to seven, just six numbers up the board. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> but it was that's a genuinely nice story about yeah. Chatty Fletcher. That's pretty good. I actually saw this week. I saw on Reddit that the um, club that at West Coast. Like a photo was leaked of everyone's names next to their numbers at the training pitch, and it was like, oh, they, oh it was this the big new thing. Numbers. Yeah, numbers are leaked. Like, was that even a, a thing for you guys? I don't know. It just seems like such a. I just don't care enough. What was it? <sighs> like um, the new players at the club, they haven't announced the numbers yet oh, on socials, okay, gotcha. but they leaked the numbers. Yeah, we're, it was we're just, it was just a photo of like a scoreboard, and it had their names next to their numbers, and like you know, it was like, oh my gosh, it was shit, leaked. Really? Were were numbers important? Not really. Like I had the same number the whole time, and I wanted that number because it didn't have anyone. Um, you get your name on the locker after a hundred games, and if you win a flag, so yep. it didn't have anyone on it. So I wanted that as my locker. 
Um, yeah, Mitch Mitch White actually won a flag in it, but swapped out of it. He he uh, he won the ninety two flag and then swapped to. He was down around you as well, but he yeah. He, so I technically, well, not technically, actually, he does have his name on there, but that's why I wanted thirty one. There is some, there is some, there is some politics behind it though. Like they're the best ones when someone gives it n- number yeah. to us. Everyone wants a, everyone player. wants a low single digit number. All yeah. those young kids. Anyone who says they single don't, digit. anyone they say that do, do, doesn't probably can't get one. Probably yeah. not good enough to get one. Yeah, so like I always say I never wanted a low number, but probably not good enough to be given a low <laughs> is number. Fifty the highest you can get. Yeah, Ryan Turnbull was fifty one. When he was fifty, no, he was fifty. I'd love to get a big heavy number. I was ninety nine. I was sixty two <laughs> at um. At Eastern Man when I was a kid playing league, and then I was my training jumper at Perth when I played five games well, in two years is sixty nine. I'm a big big fan of that. Number. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> I don't think they'll let the sixty nine go by this. <laughs> While we're talking numbers, and again, please fact check me, listeners and watchers. Um, I believe you're in the top ten players of all time, kilometers travelled. I think I was to play to play games of football. You told me that though. You told me that. So I'm, good, I'm sure I've read it somewhere. I was sure the time, the first time I told you. I'm sure now. I think when Shannon Hearn um, played his record-breaking game for West Coast, they had a table of players. Pavlich was the only uh, Frio player, and you were in there with Cox, uh, Hearn, potentially Embley, some big game-playing guys. Uh, what sort of effect do you reckon that took on your career? Could you? Did you play more? What was travel to nah. you as a player? Um, Did you like it? Did you hate it? Uh, early days, I used to like it when early, like when we were kids, it was great because we used to stay over. Like it didn't matter if we played during the day, we'd stay over. And that was fun early days. Yeah. Just exploring other cities and. Um, be like the tra- Chapel, Chapel Street. Yeah, or, yeah, whatever that joint was called. And like, you know, you, we just did fun stuff after games and it was loud and it wasn't frowned upon. It was just like kind of what you did early days and, and you got to explore, like, uh, which was awesome for a kid. And then as you get older, it just starts to suck and you start to hate it. Like dreading it every second week. Make sure you had enough shit downloaded on your laptop to watch because <laughs> like, you know how bored you're going to be and then... Getting away, and then then you have kids. Um, those last couple of years, and not some, not that you didn't want to get away from the missus because <laughs> and the kid because you wanted to have a sleep, but then you also copped on the phone for how little she was sleeping. You know, <laughs> so you had to pick your TV shows really carefully as well because you, you couldn't be watching something you could watch at home with. Yeah, the true. Then that as you well. had to have your shows. Yep, as a couple, and then your shows. Yep. for plane flights. What are the flight? Are the is there like a sort of a rule when you're on a team flight where people aren't talking to one another? Like, are you trying to all just get your own space? Or, like, you know, because you see in the NBA, like, I mean, they're taking private jets and stuff, but, like, they're, everyone's playing cards, they're gambling. Like, is there a bit of that or is it basically, like, flights and then... No, nah, you did. You kind of got... You kind of had your boys over there playing on their shit card games that are boring as hell. And, like, you <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't want to... I wouldn't want to play one... Or one round of those <laughs> And then like you'd, Yeah Like you'd have your little section On the plane Where it was your boys But it wasn't like that It wasn't segregated or anything It was just like That's what those boys like to do I don't like to do that I'd like to stand over here And talk about the universe With TB And just <laughs> laugh at him And like You know what I mean So did, did There you, was your spots you, I mean you've always joked at The time I've known you As being a um, Uh uh, not medicated, um, diagnosed. I was unmedicated no, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. but not diagnosed ADD. 
ADHD. ADHD. Yep. And you've joked about it a lot. Oh, that's the that's the wine that I just kicked over. That doesn't surprise you whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. There you go. Perfect. Great. Great. You're actually working in wine. We might talk about that in a little bit. Thank you uh, for bringing this along with us. Are you going to pour me down a little bit more or just yourself? Got, okay, great. Yeah, you've got some. Uh, yeah, an undiagnosed ADHD who finds it hard to focus <laughs> and finds it hard not to knock things over. That's perfect time of kicking something. Did, was that... Was it, was it real? Or is it something you joke about? No, no. It's, is it something you've... You know too well that it's real. Um, listeners. We would... I, it was Rod Moore who actually told me... Like, I kind of... You know, I'm not... I'm a bit all over the place a little bit. Um, <laughs> Rod Moore, our first doctor. There's actually a few funny stories about Rod. Please, but, um, please don't. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah, anyway, he said, yeah, he's ADD. But then, you know, we weren't allowed to be medicated anyway because it's this, this substance that you... Well, the medication you use is a banned substance. Um but we did did all the testing towards the end of my career to be able to get onto this medication when I'd finished, um, and it was pretty rigorous. Like it's like months and months and months of testing, and basically the end result was it was like one of the highest ADHDs they'd seen. Um, what does it mean, and how does it affect? Well, attention deficit disorder is ADD, but then I have the hy- hyperactivity as well, where I just want to do shit and fiddle, and like you know how I play with shit. And You're actually doing a, really if well. If I got a pen in my hand, like. The whole sheet will be that, covered in Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't even know what I'm doing it kind of thing. Um, but anyway. How did that affect your footy? Or did, Didn't or really affect my – well, mate, team meetings and shit. Like, that's why I used to lay on the floor in the ch- – in the, in the fucking whatever that's called. The Lecture theatre. Um, because if I sat down, I would just distract myself and everyone else. And I was in the front as well, so – Needed to lay on the floor, otherwise. Was it was a potential? That it was a positive. Like it's a high, high functioning, right? Like it's yeah, like it's high functioning for sure. Um, and that was why they didn't want to medicate, like even get an exemption to medicate, is because you're training as well. So like you're burning all that excess energy. So yeah, it worked in my favour, I reckon. But um, so it sort things. of go with your energy levels. Like after a game, you're less fidgety, or yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, but it, I mean. It, it has its downfalls as well, being unmedicated, especially when you uh, have a few beers. And then, yeah, just because it's just, the way your serotonin and dopamine stuff in your brain works is just completely out of whack. So um, you get to tend to lose your shit a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we all know about it, so we can look after you now when you have, have beers. Which <laughs> well, we probably medicated now, so it's much better. Yeah, good. Uh, can you tell the story, talking about fidgeting and, and, and struggling to focus and <laughs> being stuck in rooms, Um can you talk about playing under John Worsfold and um, meetings under Wusher, um, yeah, no. whether or not you could leave if you wanted to, I don't know, perhaps go I to think, the toilet? I think you know where – yeah, I think I know where you're going with that. Um, <laughs> so I have a uh, a condition now where uh, – I don't know, I don't know, know if it has a name no, or anything, it, but yeah, it is um, – I think I've Small ruined bladder. my bladder. Yeah, I've ruined my bladder. Well, John Russell ruined it. We're going to do well to get through this interview without <laughs> him having to have a wee. <laughs> and why? Well, the reason is, so Wisha, no, you didn't, you, you, he was terrifying. He was a terrifying man. And we, <laughs> 2010, I reckon we finished last and we got a spray and I sit in the front row. So Wisha's like, you know, where that footy is, giving us a spray. And I rushing to beat, because if you were with Wisha, if you were five minutes early to a meeting, like you were fucking late. Like it was terrifying, especially if you lost. <laughs> Terrifying. So I rushed from the gym and I'd already needed to have a piss. It's like, can't, can't be like, can't be like, sat down, Wusher starts his rant, doing whatever he's doing. He didn't really rant, but he just no. talked sternly. And usually they'd be over in like 20 Usually minutes. they were. So it was like, that was the thing. It was like, all right, sweet, we'll be, we'll be fine. Anyway, he's gone on one this day. Like he's decided, nah, I'm, I'm, enough. I'm, yeah, I'm giving it to the boys. 
and I'm sitting next to Sumo, I was assistant coach at the time, and I got like half an hour into this thing, and I'm like, whoosh, like I'm sweating. Um, like I'm just like terrified as well, but like I'm in so much pain. I'm like, Sumo, can I can I leave, man, and just quickly go for a piss? He's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't move, mate. <laughs> if I was you, I just would not move. So you I value did. your spot on the team yeah. and uh, actually on this roster, yeah, just, I wouldn't be I wouldn't going move. for a wee. So I did it, and he went for like another – 45 minutes oh my mate, gosh. It went forever And by the time it finished Like It di- hadn't got any more painful But It was just the prolonged pain But I could barely walk To the toilet afterwards And then Like The anticipation of me Actually commit Like doing the piss Like it, <laughs> you think it'd come straight out It didn't It was like <laughs> You really had to like Force it Because I'd been holding it in For so long So now um, Yeah I, Now I have to piss all the time This is very And, and you've seen it yeah, in some bad I just places. think it's incredible after a career like that. You could probably send John Worst on a med- medical yeah. bill for your bladder. I wonder if that's like even possible, or if it's just a mental thing. Maybe it's just. A uh, let us know if you listen. <laughs> How close were you to just going? You know what? It's going to piss my pants. Uh, that cross your if mind? I wasn't sitting next to Sumai, like if I was sitting in the back of the lecture theatre and I wasn't in the front row, like I probably would. I probably would have. Did you used to wee in um, team huddles? That was a thing no, I no. never used to do, but yeah, I knew. You'd, I knew. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have, I have. Some players in the AFL, specifically West Coast, would, it, before every game, we'd go out and warm up. So you'd have pre-game warm-up. So you'd warm up downstairs, come up upstairs to a warm-up, and you would get in a huddle. The captain goes and tosses the coin. Yep. Fans and anyone watching would just think the players are standing in a huddle. Or doing uh, a hip flex the stretch. Wait, yeah, waiting for the captain to come back. If you look carefully, most AFL teams, there'll be a couple of guys in the middle of that huddle doing a hip flex stretch, and they are, in fact, weighing down. That is how what is they're doing. A, I, how have I not seen it? Like, surely yeah, cameras. It's, it's do, do you think – Do you think? I, I would say there was a stage where – Oh, so you, is that when you – There was a stage in, like, 2012. Oh, I reckon it was around that area, hey? Like, 20 – There'd be two or three people every game. Yeah. So I don't know if it happens anymore. I c- I'm trying to think back to late in my career. It was definitely in that like, little... Mi- yeah, that it was It was like waiting for the siren to go. So maybe you're just not watching. Maybe you're just seeing a big group of players. You're not, you're not watching for that. But maybe Rushing you should keep your eyes out. Was that ever you? I reckon it would have been. I, I, had, I had done it. I have. But not. I wasn't like a our mate, Trophy Cheaters. But I wasn't Sam Butler. Like, Sam Butler was a Sam chronic. Butler. We yeah. should have asked him da- uh, every game. Every game I ever played with Butsy, he's pissed in the middle of it. Which it wasn't too many. It'd be like one and then How like do you 10 off because he'd been in. Dan's there. a real rule-abiding citizen. <laughs> he is. He ticks every box. How do you feel about that? Oh, no, like I, I'm probably... How does that make you feel? You are disgusted. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm a bit like Chris in that my bladder, like, like after especially like two beers, you'll yeah. see me in the bathroom every seven minutes. Yeah. Um, but like, isn't so that if you have to go? Just go. I'm I'm okay with the. On, you're in the. But grass. it was more for Butsy. It was like his. It was like his thing. Eh? He didn't even need to piss half the time. He just. I just remember. <laughs> so my wife Alex used to sit behind the stands, uh, right behind the oh, players yeah, thing, and used to be out, used to always hear someone yelling, "Piss cup, piss cup, <laughs> get me a piss cup, get me a piss cup." So if you're not, if you don't, we do a way in the middle of the huddle. You have to have a piss cup. Yeah, yeah do a way with a towel. I've done many pisses in a piss cup. Um, anyway, that's uh, our little segment on bladder strength in the <laughs> AFL uh, and, you know, the things you learn on Backchat. <laughs> Getting back to you, Masso, as a footy player, how did your role change over the journey? You came out of the juniors as a ball-accumulating midfielder that played pure mid. Yep. Um, 
across your time from 2007 through to 2019, how did the role change? Massively. Um, under Wisher, I was kind of encouraged to, to be that ball winner and player and uh, learn off Kerry and learn off Fletch and all, all those old boys, and I played in the midfield. Um, with the injuries, probably the only time I, I the only season I played probably a full season in the midfield was the last one that Wisher had, which is 2013. Um, was it a good I season would, for you? I had like probably play, aver, average the most disposals, but I wouldn't say it was my best year. Um, and we played shit as a team. I think we only won like maybe eight or nine games that year. Wisher got the sack. Um, and then Simo came on board And then that's pretty much when it changed I was And you know what Like to be fair He was bang on Like I wasn't big enough to I wasn't getting any stronger and bigger There was Nat Fives And the big boys Going through the midfield in that day uh, Those times And Paddy Cripps was just burst on the scene Stuff like that I, I couldn't play at midfield And he saw that So He kind of changed me Put me out on a wing um, And then it wasn't till Probably 2018 17 I'm out, in and out of the team Nowhere near it. Why? And then, Why? Uh, confidence was a bit shot. Role wasn't defined at all. Um, the team was pretty up and down as well, and I was kind of easy one to get asked. Yeah. Um, Twenty eighteen come around. Mitch's coaching. Who? Sam Mitchell. Yep. Um, and then he kind of made a roll up for him. he. We and him got a, which is weird. You wouldn't think Sam and I would. If you think about the type of people that we are, you'd think we would not be close. But he's. We are very, um, so it was that was cool, and he kind of made this roll up for me. What, what was the conversation he had with you around at that time? From memory, you were in the gym quite a lot. You were trying yeah. to put weight on. You were trying to get bigger. You, you weren't big enough to play against the Cripses, the Fifes, the yep. big guys rolling through the midfield. What was the conversation you had with Mitch? Yeah, he saw me doing. He saw me doing all this like extra weights and stuff afterwards, and, and busting my gut. And I wasn't getting anywhere either. And he was like. He just basically said something. I can't remember what words were, but he's like, why are you wasting so much time on that? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, he's like what's your strength? I was like, well, probably my running. He's like, so, so work on that or get better on that. Like, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to def- just be massive. You're not going to grow to six foot three. Like, just get, <laughs> just do what you're good at. Like, and it was so simple. And it was such a simple change in mindset to smash myself over this one little aspect because I wanted to play midfield or whatever to oh you know what like i can do that very better than most so just do that and that's your strength so simple but um we didn't have that with wisher we didn't really have that i didn't really have that relationship with simo until sort of mitch rocked up and that was probably 2017 when he said that to me when he was playing with us and talk about sam mitchell so i i had something that got into mainstream media which is always fun um talking about sam mitchell as I did say the best coach I've ever played under, which I stand by. I think yeah. he is. Where would you... Um, I agree with you, man. I, yeah. I, I flat out agree with you. I think he's the best coach that I've had. Um, and that's not taking it saying Simo's a shit coach or anything. I'm just saying Correct. Sam Mitchell was a star. Like he, Well, for me, anyway, he got... To be able to communicate a message to 45 different personalities the way that Sam Mitchell does, um, but then have the foresight and the game knowledge that he does uh, and the smarts. It's just rare. And, I've you know, we've been around a lot of coaches. Yeah. Um, and a lot of good footy heads, but that's the best one that I've I had to spend any time with for sure. So, yeah. Do you think that's partly because he went pretty quickly from playing to coaching and sort of made that transition pretty yeah, quick? I reckon, like, that, the game does change so quickly. 
Um, but it's also Mitch, man. He's just that type of personality where he's not afraid to stand up for kind of what he believes in and he believes in people as well as um, the structure, and if that makes sense. Like he, he sees some things that he needs in a team um, and he's going to go get them and he's going to move stuff around to get that. Um, I don't know if that really makes sense, but Jeff, it does. You know where I'm coming from a public um, criticism. Well, no, a public doubt that I've heard is can he can he uh, look after a young list and develop? Um, yeah, I suppose a team without superstars. Hawthorne has some good players, but they are more a young developing list. What? Oh man, if anyone can do it, it's him. that's kind of what I think as well. The way but. that he the, so I, the way he communicates one thing, but then that the little tiny mini one percent. It's not even one percenters that he taught me. They add up and they develop. That is what he was. He was like a development coach. He came in right at the end of my career, but he developed me more in those two years than pretty. I kind of had been in the ten before. Adrian Hickmott has oh, jumped Hick over with well. Hawthorne as well. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, love Hick, man. He's the hardest person that I've ever experienced, and that's why he's. he's Mitch has gone and got. Hick because if he wants to develop some young players, he's got the best person that I've fucking dealt with. Yeah. <laughs> Hick. So what do you think? Yeah. This is um you can't this is completely hypothetical, so hard to answer, but how do you think your career would have changed if if Sam Mitchell coached you six years earlier? Uh, would have it changed much or was that more just a, a ladder end of your career thing? Uh Nah, I don't reckon. I mean, probably it might have. I was a different. I'd grown. I had just had a kid. I'd grown up, and I, I was at a stage where I wasn't in the team anyway. So I was fully buying into what Mitch had for me. So I don't know. It's hard one to, to ask uh, to answer really. But he was very, very good, Mitch. Takes us to, takes us to twenty eighteen. So you'd finished twenty seventeen after being in and out of the team a bit. Um, not a regular player. Was twenty eighteen any different? Did you did you find a regular spot or were you yep. in and out twenty eighteen? Uh, I played look? every game twenty eighteen. Yep. Um, I wa- I didn't play the last NAB Cup, uh, which is NAB three or whatever it was, and you guys played up in June. Like played Frio. Oh, so no, yeah, yeah no, so Master, no, no West Coast. No, I lost by hundred points to that. I wasn't in the <laughs> team, and then that was the when that my role got changed that next week and that bye week. Um, Simo sat me down and was like, "Do you reckon you could do this?" And I was like, "Yeah." I'll do literally do anything. Yeah. Um, so there was a role, clear role to find. That's a uh, pretty shit role to play in terms what of. What is it? Uh, it was the red wing. Um, so they made this position up where basically you play on the fat side of the row, uh, fat side of the uh, oval at all times. Even if you're on the ball side, you run to the other side. You literally run away from the ball. Um, and you, you're basically there to help your defense. We, we didn't have to play an extra behind the footy because we had me on the other side that was coming over without his man and creating an extra on the ground Stra- for work rate. What sort of strengths did that position have to... Just needed to run and <laughs> you needed to want to do it and because no one wants to do it. Like, it's it's a shit role. But I, was, I wasn't I was in the team. I was going to do whatever I needed to. And then I fell in love with it because it was like, it's my job and you wear that like a badge. Well, I did. You were rewarded within the four walls of the footy club that year as well? Like, it was yep. recognised? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't something that was... Oh, Masto's out there. Just leave him out Running there. Like yeah, no, no, it was like the most rewarding year ever because it was like I was getting rated highly by the coaches week in week out, and it wasn't about possessions. It was the least about possessions. It was about what I was doing for the team. That's sort of like what um, Venice said a couple of weeks ago. With you know the games where he only had four possessions when he felt like he had probably the most influence on a game. Yeah, and everyone thinks you know oh, I didn't do anything. So that role that Venice played was in connection with Masto. They were in sort of like this. 
cahoots. Connection roll was like, don't go near the boil, boys. You just need to run your ass off. <laughs> it was fucking horrible, to be honest. No, like it, it, the first few, if you didn't, if you were like, they tried to chuck a star out there. They're not, you're not going to do it because yeah, you can't commit and then to the, it. And right. then the team it doesn't benefit the team. So like we, you know, we yeah. needed that. That's what was acquired. So. Chuck some boys out there, they're going to do it. Yeah, fucking oath, I'll do it. Uh, let's talk about grand finals, 2015. Memories on that? Not many memories at all, <laughs> to be honest. Do you, did, you, did, you, did you think that you uh, moved on from that? Did you, did you uh, harbour the feelings of losing a grand final or nah, was it nothing to you? Not really. Uh, it wasn't nothing to me, but um, yeah, it happened too early in our It happened too early for us. Like, I mean, I, one of the only things I remember is being on the grand final parade and like taking a billion videos and photos and like sending it to my mom, dad, and missus and whatever, and like really enjoying the grand final parade like the day before the grand game, yeah. and then playing that game and the game being over like that, like did like barely happened. Yeah. Um, and just being like, oh, in in hinds in hindsight, it was like. How happy, like, how good is this to be a grand final week? Yeah. Not, yeah. not, not win what, the, not not win win the, the game. grand final. Yeah, it was polar opposites to what it felt like in 2018. That's what it taught me. Losing 2015 taught me that making a grand final isn't doesn't mean anything because yeah. when you lose it, it becomes the worst and, like, yeah. you don't actually have any memories from the whole week. So coming into 2018, we spoke about that a lot, right? Yeah. As yeah. senior players, like you and I are similar age, almost yeah. the so same well, age. Yeah. I think all, we, all I said that whole entire week was do your job. I think like I said, do your job to every single person like 4,000 times and it was annoying, but it was like, just do your job because it doesn't matter. Just do your job. You had a bit of a role as well as your on-field one as a bit of a hype man within the, well, locker room a bit, but pre-game in, <laughs> in pre-game huddles before we ran out in the game throughout your career. Yeah. In 2018, you were a yeller and a screamer. Oh, kind and of if was you always, weren't doing that. It was kind of an always a... Uh, yeah, on the screen, but it was especially when Guinea was around. Like, I don't know what it was. We just Pat McGinnity. It was like we're going out. Some games it was like we're going. I was going out to. It felt like I was going to like Northbridge, Northbridge, man. And I'm like, hippie club on a Tuesday. Yeah, just <laughs> just shit because we weren't serious. We weren't a serious group, and like when we were, we were shit. So we were trying to, I was trying to make it as least. I was just trying to make it fun. Yeah. Uh, what sort of things are you yelling? Just oh man, just like we'd pick up on little things. We'd be taking the piss out of Gaffy for being boring or like, but just like it just depend what it was on the, on the day. But it was like as loud as you possibly could, and you wasn't like forced either. If you tried to, f- there was times where it was forced because you weren't feeling it, and uh, they were the worst. And they, and I didn't play well, and I don't think team probably didn't play well. But yeah, you're just, you're just trying to build on energy. Yeah, it was for energy. It was yeah, if yeah. Master wasn't like that, well, man. The quiet guys would be even more quiet, and you get too inside your head, and too insular, and you can't perform. So he was the energy guy. So twenty eight M flag. Tell me about. I don't know what memories you have. We we nervous morning oh, game. I was uh well the grand final parade this year. We didn't take our phones, and I didn't have a partner um, because well Why? I did, but uh, Jerry Jerry McGovern was going to be sitting with me, and he decided he wasn't coming to the grand <laughs> final parade. Yes. Um, which which was great, which is fine. Like I think probably fair enough. He was trying to get himself up for a game because he was sooking about how much his leg hurt or whatever whatever it was. His but then he then the uh, AF, so I'm sitting on that chair by myself for ages in the sun. It was, wasn't warm. Uh, it wasn't cold either that day. And then AFL literally forced him to come. Yeah. So then I had to sit there by myself for even longer. And like 
no one was, wanted to interview me, but because they knew I was with Jeremy McGovern, I had like every media outlet ever. And they're like trying to be polite and like while I'm waiting, they're like asking me questions. And I'm like, just don't bother, boys. Like, just let me sit here. Like, he'll be here soon. Um, and it's kind of what happened. As soon as he got there, it was pretty fun. Uh, so you get through that day and you get onto the bus for the grand final. Um, we have seats that we sit on on the bus, um, not. By name tag, like you know whose seat? Yeah, seat covers. Not seat, seat covers. No, not like your seat cover you're sitting <laughs> on right now. No, you have. Everyone knows. Don't yeah. sit in scoey seats. Mate. Everyone has a seat. Who used to sit, sit next to? Gov is again. Um, uh, yeah, and that ride was. That was probably the nervous that I most nervous, and not because I was wanted to be nervous, it was because Jerry McGovern is like the most chill dude ever when it comes to footy. And this day he wasn't chill at all. He was like, because he was pretty bad. Like that thing was pretty bad. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and he didn't know he was going to play the game. I'm pretty sure up until like a few hours before he was sure he wasn't going to play and he made this call he was going to. So when he was sitting on the bus and we're on the way to the ground, he's kind of like sitting back and forth like, <clears throat> like, oh, sorry, like making this like noise. And he doesn't do that. So I was like, Gov, what's going on? Like, you were stressing me out. If, you, if you're going to stress me out, I'm going to stress these people out and it's going to stress the whole bus out and we're cooked. <laughs> and he was, he, he was literally, he hadn't thought, he'd spent that whole entire week just trying to prepare his body to get up to be able to play that he actually hadn't thought about playing at all. And it kind of all like, smashed him like, like a ton of bricks. So pretty amazing Did to go out there and down do off that ledge? Oh, I think I abused him a little bit and like <laughs> told him to stop it. But um, uh, no, there was a few chat, but he was fine. And for him to come out and do what he does, eh, it's like... He got the best players. It's pretty... Oh, well, yeah. He was, crazy. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, but that's that's guff. Any memories from the actual game? I've got one towards um, the end, but any in, in the game? Do you uh, How'd you feel? Five goals down? Um, Pretty fine, actually. Hey, like, um, that was... We, we did a lot of, like, mindfulness and stuff. And I know, like, it sounds like everyone says that the wind's a flag. They talk, kind of talk about this in the last few years. But we really did. And it, it was, like, it definitely helped because uh, – and maybe the fact that we just said do your job 400 billion times that week, it was, like, it didn't matter what the scoreboard kind of was. It didn't feel like we are out of that game or five goals down, eh? It was just nah. – it just felt like, oh, it's going to come. Just keep doing your job. Um, and then it did. And then I missed a goal late in the, late in the game. Good. Which is good. I, I took a contested mark. That. Should talk about that first. Took a contested mark. It was the first contested mark I've taken in your career. In my career, <laughs> not a big. You're not a big. You're you're a good spoiler throughout your career. Oh, I really practice quite heavily in my spoiling, and you know that midfielders don't notoriously have much respect from me in general, yep. but especially in the de- defensive skills of the game, manning your player up, being one, spoiling, being another. You know, everyone can go and get the footy and kick the ball, handball. Yeah, good on you. You do that. I was kick do that. Yep. Can you can you can you beat your man one on one? And if you couldn't as a midfielder, you're about a three out of ten in my respect <laughs> levels. Maston was right up there with eight or a nine as a midfielder because he could spoil. He was the yeah. best spoiler I as a midfielder we pra- ever had. Had to practice it though. I like had spend time at training. I it was only the last couple of my years. I think you had. Well, Brad Shepherd went down in the qualifying yep. final, and you went back. They put Masto into the back line. So there you go. He was respected within the club. That was the first. Just so you know, that was the f- the first minute of any moment in my whole footballing career that I played in the back line was in a f- qualifying or well, whatever that final Down was. Down by three Semi-final, goals, whatever. 
You're all there. Loose. No, nah, I was I was fucking all over it. All right, <laughs> uh, so you get a mark. Um, we've been peppering the scoreboard. We're within a goal. You get a mark with it's probably five or six minutes left in the last quarter of a grand final. Yeah. You're yep. 35. Man on the mark's 35 out. You're on a slight angle. You're a good set shot at goal. What are you thinking? Um, well, I, I didn't know what to think because first of all, Bunga come up to me straight away and he told me, "Oh, kick, kick the ball straight through the kick straight through the goal." I was like, "Yeah, thanks, <laughs> all right, <laughs> thanks, Bunga." Um, and then if you ever watch the footage, I actually laugh because TB comes up to me and um, Tom, TB's good. Tommy Brass, very good mate of mine as well, and uh, he says something to me. I, I won't. I can't remember what it was, but wasn't I was it something pissed. like "What's the fucking worst thing that happened?" No, he's like, "Whatever." I was just like, what? it said something like that. I was just fucking nothing, really. Bunga just mumbled, you know, whatever Bunga did, but it made me piss what TB said, and it was so simple. Um, and then I laugh on in this, like I've only ever you know watched a little bit, but I see myself laugh, and I must look like a complete dick to everyone else. Like, why is this guy laughing? And then misses the goal. Um, I wasn't laughing because I was arrogant or anything. It was just something that TB said that was quite funny. Did you? Did uh, like it, it might be a stupid question. Did you realize how big a moment that like that is? Oh, like yeah, you clearly go, you do. You know how big a moment yeah, is, but, but it's also like not really because it's still just you're still just kicking a ball. Like you, re- I realized how big a moment it was, but it definitely I wasn't not, not wasn't nervous. Nah, I don't I don't buy the like. No, it's just any other game, like all of that stuff. Well, it's just any other kick. Yeah, but you still got to kick the ball. Him, it's hard for me to question this, but like, so he's he's got the, he's got the ball in front of goal. In a grand final, that they're what was at, the score at the time? Was oh, it? We're within a goal, so it's yeah. to, to hit the lead in a grand final, we haven't been in front of most, if not. And you're just thinking, ah, it's, I've done this a thousand. I'm times. not. I wasn't thinking that, but I wasn't thinking, oh, this is the grand final. I'm going to kick this either. I wasn't kind of really thinking anything. We've talked about the grand final a fair bit. You like to bring it up. Um, <laughs> well, we have you make me. You're like, hey, make sure you talk about winning that grand final, no, man. No, oh, no. You can't not do the, like speak about it. <laughs> no. um, one thing we haven't really talked about is that kick-in, um, the Collingwood kick-in that you know they tried to blame on the runner. Um, oh, yeah. What do you guys remember about that? That moment when it's they kicked in from from after you kicked the point. Was I, that I can't remember who kicked the point. I'll let Mass do it, but someone asked me a question today. Oh, what were you thinking when Sheeta was going for the goal? Um, oh yeah, to 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 win the game, hmm. effectively. And I kind of try to think like as players, you're not you're not really thinking anything. Masto's yeah. right. You, you you actually are in the moment and you're trying to play your role. So when Masto was lining up for goal, I'm hoping he kicks that goal. Like as a backman, but I'm set up as if he's going to miss. Like. Yeah, I'm making yeah. sure everyone's set up so when he does miss, we're just going to get it back and pepper it back in there, which we did we in that last quarter. Like, that's what you're thinking about. You're not actually... You don't, yeah, so, you like, don't when um, the Collingwood runner got in the way and Yoey know, marked it, I, pretty much all you think is, like, oh, oh, good, another opportunity to kick a goal. Like, there's no emotion. There's really no emotion. What, yeah, what, yeah. Uh, what, is, what happened? What's the I run? I actually don't think... You don't, you don't know what happened. Well, I can't remember like, there's so, something to happen with no, the no, runner. So they were, they were bringing the ball out of the back line. Um, runner got in the way of one of the Collingwood players, and they bumped into each other. And Yo, our runner, no yeah. Collingwood runner. And you know, after the after the game, he was crying and and oh uh, um, yeah yeah. I thought he gave a free kid away for this cry, but I got no. you now. Yeah, but yeah. I you're know, watching back. A lot of people try to blame him, but it was a horrible kick. It was a he shanked the kick. It wasn't like a like if Yo Yo get hit by a truck and he was still probably marked that. Like the, it wouldn't Correct. have mattered. Yeah, so uh, okay, you miss your goal. Sheeta kicks his goal. You're the bloke with the ball in yeah. his hands. At the yeah, yeah, so yeah. I finish with the ball when the sign goes, which is pretty dope. Um, 
Yeah, so the, my immediate thing was to get to the Bulls because I thought I was a Bull, which is the Bulls. Is, I'm sure you've spoken about it every single yeah. podcast. Um, the backman, I thought it was a Bull and specifically probably yourself and Gov. <laughs> and so I've got up, seeing Dom, and Dom's one of my best mates as well. So see Dom, and I kind of brushed him off almost. Like, give him a quick, and he just kicked gold, wins the game. <laughs> I was like, giving him a brief hug. Um Throwing him around, like kind of pushed him aside, and I've just started running. And I kind of get like halfway across this like twenty meter gap, and um, Elliot Yo, which is like probably the last person I wanted, like, I'm taking the piss. We love Yo. We love Yo, but I don't want to hug him right then in that moment. I'm going to get to the bulls, but I go across this little gap, and I get like spit tackled, like <laughs> by Yoey. And the, all I remember is just like I didn't even reckon I did anything. And there's a one photo of me, like, literally like. Pushing Yoey out of the way, like not giving him anything, just trying to push off him to get to the backs, which I think is fucking hilarious because you don't know what you're thinking in that moment either. You just like nah. you just raw, so you're just going for it. But yes, I reflect on that moment as like the most uh, ec- ecstatic of it, like yeah. high level excitement you could yeah. ever have, like beyond excitement. Whatever that feeling is like, uh, I'm euphoria. Yeah, I've got that a lot. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> so that was, uh, it was fucking, it was way up there. All right. So um, I've got a few sort of reflective questions on your whole career. Um, what makes a good team? And that's broad, but you've played in losing teams, winning teams, successful teams, teams that have been around the mark, teams that have had amazing players. What, um, if you want to give one reason, what makes a good team? Um, I think probably the boys that want to do it for each other rather than, yeah, yeah boys that are going to do, do their job for the, for, the, for the dude next to him, not for themselves. Great answer. Transitioning out of the footy club, um, finished up in 2019. If you want to talk about it, we can, but, you know, that probably didn't end the way you would have loved to it to have ended, but it... Yeah, it didn't at the time, but in hindsight, it's like probably one of the best things that's happened. Um, like obviously, COVID happened. You had to go to. Yeah, I wouldn't um, have done well then in any hub ever in my life. So um, yeah, in hindsight, it sucked. It sucked, but it was, and I didn't want it to end that way. But these things happen. It's probably a huge positive. How's the um, how's the change from being in a structured environment like a footy club for 15 years in a work environment, but as well as uh, people around you, your friends, your family, relationships, and then you pretty much sacked effectively, retired, sacked. I did the same, retired, sacked, and it changes within a day. Like how's that transition been for you? Um, mine was mine was good. Like I, I'd kind of – it's all about what I had to do and what I wanted to do afterwards, and I had sort of – New, kind of half new mm. and half, half set it well more than half but I'd sort of set that up for myself to be able to step into that and it's in something that I love to do which is wine so that aspect of not having a job and having to do something then was pretty easy um, it's the rest of the shit it's like being told so basically run out and you're your own boss you run your own day um, in what I'm doing at the moment and from the moment that I was 17 to 31, I had every single day of the year pretty much planned out for you. Yeah. Um, so that's one negative thing because you, you're kind of a little bit lost. But also you realise that's some skills that you get from playing footy, life skills that normal punters don't have, like rocking up on fucking time and <laughs> yeah. um, being able to have give and receive negative feedback, 
which yep. is a huge one. Like, people can't do that <laughs> at all. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, there's some cool things you get from it as well. There's some yeah, there's some bad things, but there's also some really cool things. What was one of the more practical things that you had to do in your life, like post footy, that you're like, oh, this is hard because. You know, it was done for you in the past. I think just time management, really. Hey, like emailing and time management. Like emails suck. Like I'm ADD, as we talked about. So that like day structure. Yeah, day structure. Because you don't, you you don't get a timetable. Yeah, I don't know. You might laugh at that, but like, <laughs> yeah. like footy was our life, but it was our workplace. So like, we would have a time schedule for like every day, seven o five. Yeah, but be here at seven o five, and at and at seven twelve. Well, you've got you got to be taped, and at, at, at seven seventeen. Yeah. So like it might seem funny, but when you do that for fifteen years, like, and you come out and it's you like, don't really do you can do whatever the fuck you want. You actually can just live. You can just, just like wow. Yeah. It's like yeah. Oh, I need a diary badly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a journal. Yeah. Um. Cool, mate. What are you doing now? What uh? What what what? You said you you sort of knew what you were gonna do. What are you doing now? Um. Well, kind of. Yeah. I was always gonna do something in wine, the wine industry. Um, so you, you, yourself and, and me have definitely dabbled in some stuff there with um, Heroes and Comrades, but also I am work for Off the Vine, um, Scotty Spaulding's. He's played one game for Carlton. I'm sure he'll tell you. If he's sure he has, well, I know he has told you about his one game for Carlton. His brother actually played 210. And a premiership. And a won a flag, so he's the shit brother. But he's got a very good business that we uh, do. You work in wine. Wine, you're, yeah. You're, you're venue manager around Perth. Yeah, I feel like you're kind of born to do it, maybe. I don't know. You seem like you love it. I do love, love it, man. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. Heroes and Comrades, which is Chris and I's uh, little wine and events business, we pretty much started that because it was like, uh, we're not going to get to hang out with each other after footy as much as we have playing footy, so we need a business. <laughs> Schedule it in for you. Pretty much. Pretty much. So we can drink, piss, talk yeah. shit and have fun. So that's pretty much where we got to. Pretty clever. Um, anything else you got for Masto before we get to the most important segment of the show, mate? Let's get into it. Social media is here, Masto. Now, I know you've been a very, very, <laughs> very long-time fan and a very long-time friend of the family at Backchat. Yeah, and this is. isn't your first rodeo with social media. <laughs> no, I'm sure not. you remember your last time, and this probably won't be your last. Um, are you excited? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, it's here. Social media. Um, we've changed things up a little bit. Dan reads the questions because sometimes really the well. questions come to me. So it was a bit awkward me asking a question of myself. So Dan's a very good reader. So here okay. we go. Social media, Chris Maston edition. Tom, Tom's Big Safari. I like that. You could do with some underscores, but Tom's Big <laughs> Safari. Uh, when are you fellas going to get back to dropping off decent wine at my door? It was the best wine situation in Perth. Yeah, COVID. Yeah. COVID. We COVID. It was a beautiful time. We started doing this in COVID last year with Heroes and Comrades. We pretty much started up Jimmy Brings and we we're dropping off wine. We, we literally, we literally did, and man. I. We actually were Jimmy Brings, but we were way better and had heaps more fun People doing it. People have said that I look like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually do. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> We've got Sammy, our graphics designer, in the house today. Do you reckon that's right, Sammy? Do you reckon you could just do a little sketch of Dan's face and you could pop it on the Jimmy Brings little logo? <laughs> Big request, that's good yeah i don't know if i should have been but when like we were in a hub and we got shut down for west coast because masto of course had finished like I'll, while we were shut down for eight weeks the, the whole league shut down we got kicked out of the club i was driving around delivering wines yeah we started a business it was great it was good fun really good fun too stefan underscore one zero three nine is it true you have a tattoo on your ass that says Beyonce ain't got shit on this? It's not the only tattoo I have on my ass, but yeah, that's one of them. 
<laughs> what, what's, another, what's another tattoo you have on your? Well, actually, we're talking about Rod Moore before. That's a It's a classic. Uh, so Rod, super smart, original doctor at West Coast. Um, I really liked him. He really liked me. Um, and he used to uh, tell me these words, and I had to go figure out what the meanings were, and come back the next day and tell him. But I always forgot what the words were. So this one day, he asked me to go figure out what campanology what meant. So I did. Campanology is the art of bell ringing. So like Cosimodo is a campanologist. <laughs> Went and told him that and he's like, crack the shits. And he hasn't had a bad mood this, with me this day for some reason. And he said, oh, I don't know why I tell you all these, sh- these things. Anyway. He was getting old. I don't know why I tell you these things anyway. You never remember. And I said, I looked him in the eye and I said, right, I'll never, ever forget that one. So I went out that, it was my 21st that weekend. I did a few on my foot. I bought myself a tattoo gun as well. I should have said that. Uh, <laughs> not a good idea. Um, <laughs> Got all the boys to do some stuff on my foot and then got one of them to tattoo on my ass, Campanology, the art of bowing. And then went in the club on Monday morning, showed Rod. And <laughs> <laughs> he, so was, he was he a was, mixture between <laughs> happiness and disappointment. Yeah, he, was, all, he all laughed. He was like, mate, <laughs> like, come on. I was like, hey, I told you, Rod. Uh, thinking I'm the, the biggest legend I'll ever. I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> told you. Matt, cutback underscore. Uh, Scully Masto, tell us about a time you got in trouble at West Coast for being late, saying the wrong thing, going out when you weren't supposed to, etc. etc. <laughs> Obviously, this question doesn't apply to Dan, who's never been in trouble, which is true. <laughs> um, what can we tell? Both of us at the same time. Was there anything we did we got in trouble? Yeah, like we've been, we've both sat in Izzy's office before for getting in trouble. Um, I would say one about you that I reckon you could tell, um, which was not. Filling out your whereabouts. whereabouts. Oh. Yeah, that was a, that was a shit show. That was a fu- you don't need to tell about who went oh, angry, no, who got just, angry. And no, no, no. I won't tell that because it's an absolute yeah. joke. But um, yeah, we it was the first year. Yeah, the first year you had to fill out a whereabouts form in your off season. So for ASADA um, testing, yep. um, because we were a part of the World Anti Doping Association (WADA), they needed to know where you were at all times because you could be tested. 365 yeah. days a year. Yep. So when we went on off-season, the club wouldn't know where we were. So this first year, they made us fill out of like a, almost an Excel spreadsheet where you're going to be every, every day. day. And, and it was now, now there's now an app. And yeah. if you change, you just get on yeah. the app. But it was like we got a meeting about – we had a meeting about this a, a month before finals. Like you play your first game. We got knocked out the first week of finals. You're not thinking about – like the last your thing I'm thinking about is your whereabouts. So I took my missus to Bali and I got back and had to go in and got, got a... It was the, night a, of, it was the day of the best and fairest, wasn't it? It was the biggest spray that almost, literally almost laughed, was laughing at because it was so ridiculous. But anyway. We've, we've probably had a couple. I, I got told by someone that maybe... Um, to leave me... Yeah, I was going to say that too. Maybe leave <laughs> Masto out. Um, I went to, to America and I got... I got told by someone maybe just to leave Masto out at, out at sea. Yeah, take him, him on a boat a far at sea, deep sea fishing, <laughs> just leave him out there. That's <laughs> so quite funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> J- Jakey, yeah, rough. Um, Jakey underscore nine one underscore. Masto, was there any build up to the Subin Langdon incidents on field, and have you reconciled with Langdon? What's Langdon? What did you do to Langdon? Yeah, what did you do to Langdon? Didn't do anything to Langdon. Langdon, I'm trying to think. Ed, check Ed in. or Tom. No, no uh, Subin, nah. Talk to me about Subin Nick Subin. Just, Subin just, you man, Subin's got that head that you don't like. And he, you know, you know what I mean when I say he's got that head? Yeah. And he tackled me late. And, well, he tackled me and then, like, pushed my head into the ground. No, he, he no, that's right. He, he swung his arm around 
and then he drove you into the ground. The you ground. weren't happy and with it. Was, it was all happening in one big go. There was no, there was no backstory to it. And if you asked our um, jaw expert that came to the tribunal with me, I should have. I've got very stiff. You've got two weeks. <laughs> you got a jaw ex. <laughs> they got reported for biting. <laughs> yep. Nick Subin, and they challenged it, and they had the world expert in. Jaw, jaw, mechanism. Determine whether or not you clenched down or not. Or I had no choice. I did clench down, but I had automatic. no choice. It, it was, was automatic. Yeah. Right. There you go. Well, we just refer to the experts here on Backchat, mate. You should have said you feathered him. That was a, that's how you got off. Feathered Clayton Oliver, mate. You, you oh, should have said, you should said my teeth yeah. just feathered him. Why is there teeth marks in his neck? <laughs> oh, it's like. I don't know. Right. It was feathered. He got a mold in my teeth. those teeth marks. Lisa Ray XOX. What do you miss about footy and what is the best thing about life away from it? Um, I miss the boys the most, uh, my boys the most. And then what do I, what was the last bit? Best uh, thing. Best What's thing about life away from footy. Um, not having to play footy and not having to do <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, not having to worry about pre-seasons. Eh? Pre-seasons are the worst. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's happened just about now. 2K time yeah. trial. Even though you were the best at them. It doesn't matter. It just sucks. It's just, it we spoke just to Venners a couple of weeks ago about this. It uh, doesn't matter if you're the best, which no. is you were, or the worst. You're still working as hard. Yeah, it's the worst. You just you know you're in pain and it's the pressure to like... You, yeah. used, to be, you used to be a mess around 2K yeah. time trial. And I'm, you knew like, you, there's only time I'd ever got nervous in fo- like when it come to football really was... The two ta- two k time trial because you were the best and everyone used to be like, just I wonder what pressure. time master pressure get. so much it's so much pressure and it's all on you. you you like it's individual it's why individual sports sucks because you're only got yourself to rely on you can't like should have had your boys I should have had you on the Peter Bowl yeah man, I love oh, Peter Bowl Peter Bowl uh, last one this is a former teammate former Fremantle Docker Jarvis Pinner that's who that is what's the story behind the unicorn pool photo which a lot of people <laughs> thought was a swan. Uh, you a thought swamp. it was a swan. He thought swamp. it was a swan. No, no it was I clearly. A swan. <laughs> I thought he said swan. No, it's clearly a unicorn. Yeah. Now that was one of our. That was the not Melbourne Cup party. Yeah. So we went on a horse. And we went on a swan. We we're on a unicorn, which is very similar to a horse. Yeah. <laughs> and we just saw. Look, a funny photo show would be jumping. It was a pool suits. party. It's a pool party. Jumping shoots. Uh, suits. Pump up the white unicorn with the rainbow flavored in the um, pool. pool. Yeah, in the pool. You pumped it up while you're in the pool. No, we didn't. We had we pumped a, up. Yeah, it was, we pumped sure. up before. So yeah, that was it. That's it. Heroes and comrades. That's how we did events, but we don't do that anymore. We just do different stuff. Mm. That's about it, mate. <laughs> Great. How do you feel about that? That yeah, was good. Any was other it? final thoughts? No. You had fun. No, thanks for coming. The no. wines were good. <laughs> thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Wines were good. Appreciated. It's yeah, good. For smashing it. Yeah, that's a I good. Don't need that. We I love that. It up. That's fine. Um, you can find us on socials. You know the deal. Backchat underscore podcast on Instagram. Backchat mm. underscore pod on Twitter. Reddit. R forward slash or backslash one of those forward forward okay TikTok. back chat podcast we got TikTok you got mass. TikTok back chat yeah. underscore YouTube. podcast we got YouTube baby you're on all are the you, formats are you subscribed on YouTube I haven't it subscribed is compulsory. to anyone on YouTube it okay. is well, the, well this will be the one. first and it's compulsory well, actually for kids, all guests a- ABC Kids is that yep. on YouTube we're yep. not we're not on ABC Kids if you're not on ABC Kids you only, should be if the only two subscriptions <laughs> you have is Backchat podcast and ABC Kids. I'll be a happy man. Bluey, heaps of bluey. Yeah. Google or just search for Backchat. I think you guys podcast should be on, on ABC Kids as well. Can <laughs> you let that happen? ABC Kids. ABC Kids. And you can email us hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. This has been Fun Master. Cheers. Thanks, Sammy. Jimmy Brings. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.